Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because it is jam-packed with all the goodness that you bloggers and influencers need. Now, the conversation that I had with Tracy Comlos, who is the founder of Pangea Dreams, is all about how bloggers and influencers can work in the travel industry. This is a huge topic that constantly comes up in this community and constantly comes up in my with my students in my paid programs, Pitch It Perfect and the Influencer Academy. I know that so many of you are either in the travel space or you want to get in the travel space and you're wanting to learn how to really monetize it, how to get a lot of those offers that either don't come in or they're gifted offers, how do you get those paid? So on today's episode, we talk about how bloggers and influencers can get airlines, hotels, and tourism boards to pay them for deals. Uh, Tracy shares why followers with less than 50,000 and more specifically between 5,000 and 50,000 followers do better with travel deals than bigger influencers. She shares what exactly to include in a case study. She shares what that is, why it's important, and exactly what to, include, what to include in it so you can actually get more brand deals in the travel space. She shares how to pull together an entire brand deal experience as an influencer and how to collaborate with other influencers to make brand deals more lucrative and exciting for the companies. And she also talks about why travel retreats are a great way to build relationships with brands and bloggers. I know that this is going to answer so many questions for you guys that are in this space. And she also gets very honest and realistic about this space in general. One of the things that we talked about offline that she wanted to make sure that I touched on is that out of all of the different niches or industries that a blogger and influencer could be in, the travel one is actually one of the hardest ones to get paid for, more so than beauty or fashion or wellness or health. And the reason why is because of the overall value and expense with a lot of these travel deals. Now, it doesn't mean that people don't get paid and it doesn't mean that, you know, they don't get paid consistently. I mean, we see bloggers and influencers all the time traveling the world doing deals. But a lot of them are comped and they're comped for a while or parts of them are comped. And Tracy kind of goes through in this episode why that is and what to look out for so you can really start managing your expectations a little bit more thoroughly about what you should realistically be expecting if you're going to want to dive into the travel industry as a blogger and influencer and what you should expect in terms of monetization. So this is a fantastic episode. You want to listen. Let's go. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Tracy. It's awesome to have you with us today. Hey, Julie. I'm so excited to chat with you. Me too. Um, so I would love if you would share a little bit about Pangea Dreams and um, your your whole background and experience as a designer and how it led you to Pangea, Pangea Dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, 
First of all, Pangea Dreams, what we do is we host educational retreats for women entrepreneurs and creatives all over the world. Um, it's been about three years now. We have just around 300 women in our community that have joined us. And our retreats really empower women through education and community um, because our retreats are focused heavily on the workshops that we teach. So you're not coming to like be on a vacation and hang out by the beach all day and, you know, have a drink. It's really like you're in workshops, you're learning tangible skills that really will help you propel the business that you're trying to create. So whether it's a service or a product, a digital-based business, or yourself as like a coach, um, whatever it might be, it's really the foundational skills needed to get out there, put yourself out there and build the community around you. So that's Pangea. Actually, it all started for me as, as early as when I was in high school. I was 17. And um, I was just loving photography. I got my first point and shoot camera. And at that point, I was kind of taking photos around high school just for people. And I just loved it. And I would, every time I would take photos, I'd post them on Facebook. And like, I had all of these amazing Facebook albums that nobody would look at. And after like five years of doing that and traveling the world, I went to India. Um, I went to Southeast Asia. I went to South America throughout university, throughout university as well. I took all these photos. And um, then Instagram came out and a friend of mine was like, what are you doing with all of your photos? And I was like, well, I'm posting them all on Facebook. And he's like, nobody looks at Facebook Trace. Check out this app. It's called Instagram and you can edit your photos on it. It's really cool. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. At that point, like nobody knew what Instagram was going to become, you know, like for me, it was truly just an app that I could share some of my favorite photos and like put weird filters on. And now looking back, those filters were terrible. <laughs> and so, um, I started doing that. I kind of went through the archives of all of my travel photos that I had taken over the last few years and, um, started sharing my favorite ones and my following started to grow. And then I think when I hit around 5,000 followers, brands, and this was like probably seven, six, seven years ago now, um, brands started to reach out to me and be like, hey, can we send you our products? We'd love for you to take photos. And the word influencer wasn't a thing. People weren't talking about collaboration. And it's just, I was like, okay, sure. Like I'm getting all this free stuff. This is really exciting. And then after about like eight months to a year of doing that, I realized I was like, I'm doing a lot of work for all of these companies. I'm promoting them. I'm marketing them. I deserve more than just the product for my time and the services that I'm providing. And so Pangea Dreams actually started as a production company. And so what we did was we would work with five to 10 brands. We would choose a beautiful location, and then we would pool together all of the production costs and split it amongst the brands. And we worked with some really cool companies in the first year of doing that. Uh, we traveled to Bali, Iceland, Cuba, and the Bahamas. And I would like literally bring some of my friends on the trips and be like, hey guys, you're going to be modeling this with me. We're, we're taking photos. We're creating content for these companies. And after a year of doing that, I realized that I was kind of feeling lonely as a solo female digital entrepreneur. I didn't have a community around me. I didn't really have anyone to bounce ideas off of or to ask questions. And anytime I would reach out to people, it was very, um, it was very catty and kind of cutthroat. Like nobody wanted to share. Everyone was looking at each other as comp competition because I think that nobody understood how to navigate this new sort of world that was 
starting to, to brew. And, um, I was like, you know what, every single time I post a photo on Instagram, I have all these people messaging me and reaching out to me, asking me what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I was like, why don't I take that community that I'm, that I have, I seem to have online and bring it offline and create the community that I'm craving. And so in November, 2016, I launched the first ever, uh, what I called at the time blogger retreat. And, um, in two weeks sold out of three back-to-back retreats in Bali. And that took place in February, 2017. And I mean, the rest is history. Since then we've hosted 30 retreats in 10 countries. We've had women from, I think, 35 different nationalities join us. Um, and it's really, it's truly been amazing, but it's been, it's been one incredible journey. Oh, I love this. And I have so many questions for you because I think that (laughs) The way that you have been able to do this is so unique. Um, I have a program called Pitch It Perfect, which has a ton of bloggers and influencers in it. And I I teach them how to pitch to land brand deals. Mm -hmm. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. One of the biggest questions that we constantly get is from 
bloggers and influencers who are in the travel space who want to get paid to travel. Um, now, obviously, on my end of what I teach is that there's a lot that goes into that, right? You have to be able to prove your return on investment. You have to be able to really build case studies. You need beautiful photography because when it comes to travel experiences, as you know, a lot of times the, the photography can complement really, really well and make a great mm -hmm. asset. But from your experience, how do you collaborate with brands from a paid scale to actually get the airlines and the hotels and the tourism boards and whoever else may be involved to actually say, not only will we comp this, but we will actually pay for your services. How, how have you been able to do that from your experience? Yeah. Well, to be honest, it was a lot at the beginning, at least it was a lot of fake it till you make it. And truly like, cause I knew that whatever I was going to provide was going to be amazing because I know how I work. I know my work ethic. And so it was really about making the clients, the potential clients believe in me the way that I believed in myself. And I think that that's something that is so important is people really value, unfortunately value themselves based on their following. And I always tell that to the girls, like, you, your value is so much greater as a, as a, as a creator, as talent, whatever you may be offering is so much greater than your Instagram following. And all you have to do is truly articulate that and prove that. And so, yeah, we asked the girls to create media kits, to create case studies. We've done all of that as well. And I've done that too. And honestly, what I find is is really powerful is trying to, especially if you're trying to land like a bigger deal with a bigger company is to get on a call. If you can get on a call with someone and share with them your experience and they can hear the passion in your voice, that truly, I mean, it's the human connection. It changes everything. And I know that does sound a little bit archaic. I, when I tell people, they're like, but it's true. It's, it's so not, it's, true. it's that that's the crux of it is the relationship building. Yes, exactly. And you are truly leveraging your relationship. And I can tell you from a brand's perspective, you know, with Pangea, we get job applications in daily. We get people trying to collaborate with us all the time. And if, if someone isn't right away sharing with me how they can add value to what we're doing, and it's a generic email, that's also something that is so crucial. So when you are pitching or wanting to work with these bigger companies or even smaller brands, tell them why you love them, tell them what they're doing, tell them why you're excited about what they're creating and how you can add value. So it's all, don't make me guess as a brand how, how I can work with you because I don't have time to think about that. So as a creator, as a talent, like tell me all the reasons why you're amazing and why I should choose you over all the other piece, people that are coming and reaching out as well. And the power of a well-structured email is so underrated, but it makes a world of difference. So emails and like the way that you word it again, it's just like, it's everything. It truly is. And that's, you know, that's why having the right strategies to know how to actually formulate a pitch email is so important. Yes. Um, what do you include in those case studies and those press kits? Yeah. Well, so now we have so much data um, from our retreats and we work with brands to be sponsors on our retreats. And so, um, but again, we had to do a lot of things for free at first in order to start building. The I love that you said that. 
It's it's so true. Look, we had to pay our dues. You know, I I also was figuring it out and navigating it and pricing yourself is such a challenging thing when you're just beginning and just starting. And so in order to really build a credible kind of media kit and case studies, I had to do things for free. And that was like part of me just like being like, all right, like this is part of the journey. This is part of the stepping stones and building, building and building. And so um, now we include a lot of statistics. It's all really, really data-driven. We ask all of the girls in our retreats to share their numbers of like how many stories they posted throughout the retreat, how many times do they tag our brand sponsors. Um, and then we will calculate what their global, what their impressions are based on their followings, based on how many times they tagged. Um, and we now have de- collected so much data. Like we see that our retreats generate anywhere between three to 8 million impressions for one week of, you know, just sharing and content. And, and that's all organic, which is really cool. Um, and so those numbers, when we're pitching to tourism boards, to hotels, to brands, um, are really attractive. I love that. And I love that you talked about how in the beginning, you know, if you needed to pull that data, because a lot of, a lot of times I hear from people, well, I've never pitched before. I've never mm-hmm. gone on a trip before. I'm just starting out. How do I do this? How do I pull it together? And it's like, well, you just got to do it. <laughs> and it may mean that, you know, if you're, if you really want to do this, you yes. know, if you really do want to do this, it may be taking comp trips, or it may be you oh, even sure. paying yeah, you yeah. to go Absolutely. And, and capture the experience yourself. And then, and then use that data to pull together those pieces, those analytics, all of those points yeah. so that you can be able to prove this is my ROI. I went to this place and this is what the, the, the hotel or the airline or what have you actually got from me posting and sharing. Cause I think a lot of times yeah. bloggers and influencers forget that these brands need to see data-driven information to prove that you are actually valuable, that, you're, that, that what you're bringing to the table is actually valuable to the, to the cost of all of this. And I think in the travel industry more than any industry, because it's, a, it's the expense of flying someone to Bali Mm-hmm. Putting them up in a hotel, you know, giving them all of these really cool experiences. It's not, it's not cheap. It's not a $500, you know, whatever, or a $50 sweater. I mean, these are, these are sometimes tens of thousands of dollars oh, that these absolutely. brands are investing in. And so you have to be able to prove that you are worth that $10,000. And it doesn't mean you have to have 10,000 followers or a hundred thousand no. followers. But you just, just have to prove it. Exactly. So I would love if you would kind of explain how you are from just the experiences that you've had, how have you pulled together an, an entire travel band, a brand, like brand deal experience yeah. in the past? What does that look like? I just want to go back to the last point and just share one thing. If you want to do this as a business, then isn't you buying a flight and pay for an, paying for an experience to create the data that you need to create so you can start pitching. That's you investing in your business. The same way someone who wants to start a company, uh, maybe it's a t-shirt company and they need inventory. They're going to invest a certain amount of money to start building and creating that. So, or when I wanted to do a podcast, I didn't have a podcast company send me a microphone no, and podcast gear and a, and a computer. <laughs> like I had to, that, that's just a business expense, exactly. which can be written off. Yes. You know, yes. but it, it was, it was part, if I wanted to start a podcast, I had to buy podcast equipment to start a podcast. Exactly. If I'm a travel blogger who wants to start working with brands. I may in the beginning have to pay yeah. for those experiences myself so I can exactly. build up the information to then go and get deals in the future. I exactly. thank you so much for saying that. I think that's so yeah. important. 
And I think that that's just a mindset shift that people really need to claim because it's so easy to, for people to discredit that like, oh yeah, that's a business expense. You're, you're going on a trip to Italy, you know, but it's like, you need to know in your heart that you are doing this for a greater mission and a bigger purpose. And this is you investing in that. And so just shifting your mindset from like, this is a vacation to this is a business opportunity is crucial in that, especially if you do want to turn it into that business. And that's how you, how see you, you see your life playing out and how you want to start generating an income. You need to invest in it before you can expect to start making money like any business that's out there. I love it. So good. So yeah, let's dive into the, you know, how you pull that together, how you pull together a a travel experience, a a brand deal of sorts, what you bring to the table and what you offer. Yeah. So with our Pangea retreats, um, all the girls have to do is book their own flights. We take care of everything. So what that looks like before is a lot of pitching to hotels and uh, boutique hotels. We don't really get anything for free. Um, We usually will get a reduced rate just because of the, the, the exposure that we're getting. But we do ask for a lot from the hotels. Like we're asking for most of the meals, accommodations for either eight, eight to 14 days. So they can't give it to us for free. So it's again, aligning expectations, but because we're bringing them so much marketing and social media promotion, they see the value in working with us as well. And yeah, usually we'll get like anywhere between 25 to 50% off of our stay. So that's great. So it's a lot of like, again, cold out, cold outreach to hotels, um, having a conversation with them, getting on a call, sharing with them our program and what we do. Cause again, it's still kind of new, um, especially on the scale that we're doing it. So that's step one. Then we'll usually reach out to the tourism boards. What can, you know, how can we work together? Um, how can they offer us an experience for the, the women who are joining us on our trips? What can we provide for them? What are they looking for in terms of like, you know, exposure, content creation, whatever it might be. And so it's a really collaborative conversation. And um, working with tourism boards has been amazing for us. We just worked with the Palm Springs Tourism Board. They even paid us to provide what we were providing. And they offered us an incredible day experience. Um, A lot of tourism boards have a budget for stuff like that. So it's great when you can actually lock down great deals with them. And they also have incredible connections with everything that's happening in that local city or country. Um, So there's a lot of conversations. And then again, a lot of cold outreach to brands to do brand sponsorships on our retreats. And then it's a lot of, again, even still, like we're three years in, we have a great community. We have all of the data. We have the stats. We have the numbers. It still takes a lot of convincing sometimes. And so even if you're just starting out, like it does get a bit easier, but it's still not easy. You know, like it's still a hustle and it's still a grind to lock in those brand partnerships and the hotels and everything. Oh, I really hope that everyone is listening to what she's saying because I get that question all the time. Why isn't it not happening? I know that there are other bloggers out there that get paid to travel. All I'm getting offered is comped. All, you know, there are, they keep telling me they can't do that. And I'm like, even if you're getting offered comped, like that's a huge accomplishment because again, it goes back to the cost of doing these travel expenses, guys. It is so expensive. It, it takes so much money out of the marketing budgets of these hotels and these tourism yeah. boards and these airlines. And that's what you have to remember. And so I appreciate you saying that. And it kind of dives me into my next question that I want to talk to you about. 
managing expectations a little bit. Mm, Or, and you know, like you just said, Tracy, you're three years in, you have an entire business built around this. You have the data, you have the stats, you guys have traveled the world to multiple places and it still takes a long time and a lot of back and forth and a lot of proving your ROI to make this stuff happen. This just happens to be the industry that calls for that. Fashion's not necessarily always this way. Beauty's not necessarily always this way. Health, wellness, but when it comes to travel, it it is just because of the the cost of how much a lot of this can can be for these companies. So I would love for you to share from your experience and kind of knowing what you know now, being three years in, what are some expectations that you could tell those listening that they may want to start to manage a little bit? And this is not to you know, deflate anyone or make anyone feel defeated or make anyone feel like it's impossible because it's not impossible. I mean, you have an entire business with, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of bloggers that have done this throughout the years. So it's absolutely possible. We see people, we see bloggers and influencers traveling every day all the time, but I think that managing expectations is huge. So what would be your your tips and your feedback about the expectations that should be managed, about what's realistic versus what's not. The expectations that should be managed, about what's realistic versus what's not. For sure. And I think that that's so, again, so important to talk about, like managing expectations, because even with the girls that come on our trips, they're like, okay, we've done this now. We're feeling good. We're feeling confident. And then they're like, okay, but how do I actually implement? And so that's a big part of like what we talk about. And look, you have to know that there are hundreds of thousands of people that are reaching out to these hotels and companies every single day. You know, they are, they're bombarded, they're overworked and they're exhausted. And so what we tell them again, going back to my point before, it's like, you need to stand out and you need to do something a little bit different. So a well-crafted email will help you get in front of the hundreds of people that are also emailing. Because I, I can speak from both an influencer side and also a brand side where we receive emails from people being like, Hey, I'd love to collaborate with you. Here's my media kit. And I will look at that and I'm like, delete. I don't even look at their media kit. And so, you know, if you're, if you're expecting a brand to respond to you, then I, as a brand expect you to put in the time to actually email me and actually show that you care. And so Another thing, it's like, I, I hate to say this, but a lot of companies are run by by people who are maybe a little bit older and still are are not sure what this whole world is. And I I can tell you as a brand, we see so much more value working with micro influencers than really big influencers. So that's influencers that have followings under 50,000, anywhere between 5,000 to like 50,000 for us does so much better than 50,000 plus. And um, that's because their audiences are typically a lot more engaged. The people are a lot more authentic and they really do connect with their, their community. And so again, it's about educating the brands and educating the companies that you want to reach out to and work with as to why your audience or why your community is so engaged with you and what you're doing. And I think like, people right off the bat that are working at these companies will be like, oh, if they don't have 500,000 followers, we don't want to deal with them. But like, that's starting to shift 
And that's also really exciting that that's starting to shift. And again, I think it's just truly about like believing in, in yourself, believing in your worth and knowing that like, if you are determined to do this, like you will, it's just a matter of numbers as well. And like when I was starting out, I was creating these Excel spreadsheets with 500 brands. And my goal every day was to send 80 emails. And I would literally find the person to, the, the, the person's name, what they did at the company, their email address. And it would take me hours to compile these Excel spreadsheets. And I, it's all in the numbers. So truly, like if you're trying to reach out to uh, hotels in Iceland, reach out to as many hotels in Iceland as you possibly can. You only need two or three to say yes. That's it. So it's a numbers game as well. And so I would say, don't feel discouraged if you are getting no's or if you're not getting responses, keep sending emails. And if you're getting a no, maybe that just means that you're not the right fit for them right now, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't want to work with you in the future. So don't write them off completely. I love that. It's so, so good. Um, When you are pitching a new opportunity, do, is, do you go ahead and send the case studies and all that information out on the front end? Or do you focus on building the relationship, the relationship first and kind of getting some of the information that you need to then kind of curate the case study so, so it really works for what that company may be looking for? So, yeah. So as a brand with Pangea, when we're pitching brands to sponsor our retreats, we have three different kinds of brand decks that share all of our information. So we're actually pitching right away with all of the information because I don't want to waste anyone's time. And some people might be like, that's a little bit aggressive. We don't know. So there's, there's, a diff- there's many different approaches. For us, because um, our price point is a little bit higher, uh, we just want to be super transparent right from the beginning. Like, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is the value we add. This is what we can provide to you. And this is how much it's going to cost. If this is something that interests you, let's schedule a call so we can chat further. Um, and then from there, it's about nurturing and building the relationships with the with the companies and brands that reach out. And we'll get all the time like, hey, honestly, this is like way above our, our price point. This is not something we can do. Or we'll get, hey, um, we, yeah, this is above our price point, but can we send you free products? So there's, that's still happening to us, you know? And then we'll get companies that are like, yeah, this is actually really interesting. Like, we'd love to learn more. Let's hop on a call or we don't get any responses. So again, it's the same thing. When someone tells you like, this is above our pay grade, do you just kind of file them as like, maybe we can go back to them at some other point and keep going? Or do, is that when, you know, do you still try to kind of make that work? And, and I know, again, there's no right or wrong. This is all just everyone's own personal yeah. navigation with how they do deals. Uh, so for me in life, as like a way of being, everything is negotiable. And so when someone comes back to us and they're like, hey, that's above our our price point, it's like, all right, let's continue the conversation. What what are you comfortable with? And then how can we work with you that we're not devaluing our time and our services, but we can help cater a package and customize something specifically to your needs at the price point that you're looking for. And so for me, when someone says that's above our price point, that's more of an opportunity to continue the conversation. I love that. So share with us how some, if a blogger influencer is listening, how can they work with Pangea Dreams? Yeah. So we, so we actually work with, with 
thought leaders, creatives, influencers um, to come and join us on a retreat as a, as a workshop or a teacher leader. Um, we've had a bunch of different industry leaders come and teach their skills to the women. So we, we have built out our own Pangea curriculum, but then each retreat is different because we'll have a different um, workshop teacher come and teach something. So if you have an amazing skill, if you're a thought leader, if you have a community around you that looks to you for advice um, and you're teaching something to your audience that they're loving and that's helping them, whether it's in, it's in business, it's in mindfulness, it's in mindset coaching, it's in photography, it's in con- whatever it might be in this sort of like new digital world, um, we're always looking to speak to amazing women that are, are doing that for their communities and their audiences to come and teach on a retreat. Amazing. And then who is at those retreats and how do they get to come? Yeah. So it's open to anyone who identifies as a woman. Our ages are between our, our like sweet spot is like 27 to 35 years old. Um, but and women 18 to 50, that's usually like the, the range, um, are more than welcome to join us. Uh, you just go on our website and um, pick the retreat you want to join. And then we'll kind of send you a survey just to make sure that expectations are aligned because our retreats are not, again, like I said earlier, they're not sightseeing. They're not a vacation. Um, it's really about separating yourself from your everyday life and putting yourself into this immersive learning experience with other thought, with other women that are um, in similar headspaces as you that are trying to create. And it's for women that want to get out of their comfort zones, that want to learn new skills, that want to start a business, whether it's digital-based, personal, um, or a product, and also want to connect with other like-minded women and build a community and be part of a a global community. Hmm. Thank you for that. Um, I think that's amazing. And um, I, I know firsthand just how important community is and relationships are. It's everything. Um, in, in, in this world. Um, I want to ask you a question that, that isn't really evergreen because we're in a very unique and temporary time right now with, you know, everyone having to kind of stay inside, not really travel internationally, at least, Mm -hmm. um, you know, recommended to, if they're going to travel domestically to do it by car, are you still pitching during this time? Are you still reaching out to companies? Are you still, how, how do you kind of navigate this space? Um, because we can't predict the future, but we also know that the world isn't ending, you know, and eventually like things are going to open up and people are going to go to hotels and people are going to go on retreats and have experiences. So during temporary times like this, do you still focus on what you normally focus on? And if not, what are you focusing on instead? Yeah, it's it's a really tough time right now to be in the travel and event space. Um, we've had to cancel our Morocco, Bali, and Peru retreats. Um, we might potentially have to cancel our Tulum retreat in August. We're really just like taking it day by day, and it's extremely challenging. We're a small company. We're still very much a startup, a small team. Like I've had, we're, we're like basically on pause. Um, I've had to like being fully transparent. Like I've had to let my team go for right now because we as a company really we lead with our heart and so i've seen so many companies like not offering refunds and all this stuff and it just felt so wrong and so we are we are giving all of the women who have joined us who paid to come on our upcoming retreats that we've had to cancel because of corona all refunds 
Um, and now we're in a, in a situation where we're fighting with hotels to get our money back. Um, it's just really messy and it's not a good time. And so there's so much money going out when, and there's no foreseeable future of when this is really going to end or what's going to happen. And ha- the PTSD of this is going to last a while as well. And so um, there's a lot of money going out with no no end in sight of when money is going to come in. And so we're trying to truly adapt with the times and figure out how can we bring in something during these hard times? How can we offer a way for our community to support us as a small business? And um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to launch our first digital retreat um, for 10 for ten women to join us and, and see how that goes, record the whole thing, and then hopefully try and sell that on, on like a platform, like a teachable and make that a little bit more evergreen. Um, really just trying to be adaptive. Um, and because of that, I also don't really feel comfortable pitching to brands right now because we do currently have a really big brand sponsorship that was supposed to take place in Bali um, that we're kind of like, what do we do? And and the brand has been so amazing and so understanding because I mean, they get it. Everyone's dealing with it, but we don't know when the next retreat's going to be. And our next retreat after the August Tulum one is in September in Bali. But what if people aren't comfortable traveling to Asia? Even though coronavirus is, you know, what if, so we're trying to navigate this space and take it day by day, but it's, it's really, really challenging. Um, but at the same time, I feel so hopeful and I feel so excited for what's to come on the other side of this and the innovation and the collaboration and the communities of how everyone's coming together and the global awakening of consciousness that's coming from this is so inspiring for me to see how people are finally getting it. Like we are all one, we are all connected, you know, and some amazing opportunities are going to come once the mess is settled and truly just remaining positive, I think is really important. And being there for our community that we already have. So we've been doing these like live um, Zoom calls with everyone, just like check-ins, like, how is everyone doing? What are you grateful for today? What's something that you've learned about yourself during this time of like, you know, stillness? And yeah, I don't know, just just taking it day by day truly and adapting. And I'm excited about this digital course and seeing how that goes. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because that, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to that are in the event space right now, um, they're going virtual. Yeah. And- you know, it may not, it may not be, it may not bring the same, um, collective community idea that was originally intended for people to actually be together in real life, but there is still so much value that can be placed on coming together at a virtual capacity. Now is the time more than ever that people need community. They need coaching. They need resources. They need strategies. They need to learn how to be able to pivot during times like this. And so they need those leaders to come out and show them. And so I love that you mentioned that you're going virtual. Uh, our company as well had events that we had to had to, you know, yeah. say close down and refund and pain. pain, but Hey, we're going to get to go virtual and we get to, exactly. we get to test this new experience. And with virtual, it's like, people don't have to fly anywhere. They don't, they can yeah. literally do it at the comfort of their own homes. So there's some positives there. And then the thing with the brands is like, like you said, everyone is in the same boat. This is not a unique situation for one. This is a no. universal situation for all. So if that's true, then it's like, okay, brand, I know that what we originally said that we were going to do isn't possible right now, but we do have this virtual thing that's going to be exactly. happening. Exactly. You want to sponsor that. 
Exactly. You know, and so there's, there's so many different ways to pivot. And I love that you talked about that, that it's like, I'm not doing it in the way that we normally do it, but I'm going to start doing it in this way. So I still keep the momentum going. I'm still listening. It may be slower, but I'm still, I'm not going to just freeze and crawl in a ball because (laughs) the world's ending. (laughs) No, it's just, can I, can I actually share a quote with you that I, I'm reading the book. It's called The Obstacle is the Way. Yeah, it's great. Ryan, he's it's, amazing. It's so good. And yeah. this quote, the obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. And that was so powerful. When I read that, I'm like, that is exactly what's happening. People are adapting. People are thinking creatively out of the box. They're like, okay, this is what I'm dealt with. I have to confront it. I have to deal with it. And so. Now, as a result of that, look what's being created and the innovation. It's just so inspiring. I'm so excited about it. So yeah, I, I, I that's why I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling good. And like, I don't know, I, I'm, I, I like, I have the chills kind of thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it really is such a incredible time to step up and be a leader and think differently and be curious and what's going to happen. You know, I think at the other end of this, cause it's what happens. This is not the first chaotic event that's ever happened in the world and it won't be the yeah. last, but you have the people who freeze and stay frozen and stay stuck and don't yep. make a decision and don't move. And then you have the ones that rise above it. And exactly. this is why, you know, creating something that is online, that brings people together online, whether it's an online business or an online experience or an online opportunity, knowing how to do that now is so important. Figuring out how to do those things, figuring out how to come together in a virtual capacity. And guys, the fact that we have that opportunity in 2020, I mean, 20 years ago, they didn't have that opportunity. Not even really 10 years ago did they have that kind of opportunity in the way that we do it now. We can literally get on a Zoom call or a Skype or a Teachable or something like that and create something and just be there together. So it's we really have more opportunities now more than ever to innovate. So that's I just I love that you shared that because I think that it's it's honest and it's realistic. And at the same time, it's productive and proactive. So thank you for that. Of course. No, it's so true. And like, to be honest, we have everything at the touch of our fingertips. Like I know we can't physically be together. So many of our favorite gyms or restaurants are closed, but like I have never connected more with so many people in my life that I haven't spoken to or haven't had a chance to, because I've been so busy, you know, like, and I say busy in quotation marks because like we, this time to just like pause. It's been so therapeutic and we have the technology to really truly be okay during this time. And I'm so grateful for the technology. I agree. And I appreciate you coming on today. Um, Could you share where everyone could learn more about your work and where they can start following you on social media? Yeah, for sure. Um, so on Instagram, I'm Tracy Comloss, my name. I'm sure you'll, you'll, uh, you'll write it because, or if you want me to yeah, spell we'll it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, it's me, Tracy Comloss on Instagram and my website is tracycomloss.com. And then on Pangea, it's Pangea Dreams on Instagram and pangeadreams.com as well. And as always, guys, if you liked today's episode, please share with us your biggest aha moments, your takeaways, um, what you really learned from it. Tag me at Jules Solomon. 
hashtag Tracy, hashtag the influencer podcast, because we want to share those screenshots on our stories as well. And just thank you so much, Tracy. I mean, today we went through how to actually get deals. Um, you know, why micro influencers with less than 50 K followers actually have a better chance than the big ones. Um, you know, what to include in a case study and in, in, in your pitch and the importance of that and how to pull yeah. together a whole experience. And I think that we, we overcame a lot of objections today. And I think we debunked a lot of, of myths and lies that people tell themselves about this space. Yeah. And <laughs> even though we may not be able to, you know, go on experiences today, there's still time today to start building and nurturing those relationships with brands. You know, get on a virtual call with them, get to know them, get to know what's going to be changing with their business now that yeah. all of this has happened. And how can you be a solution provider to that once we actually get to the other side of this? So there's so many different opportunities now to really set yourself up for the long-term success and the long game goals. So thank you for being here and sharing all of that today. And uh, I appreciate all of your wisdom. Thank you for having me, Jules. This was so much fun. I love chatting with you. You too. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at The Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right, I will see you again, same time, same place next week.